thank you guys for joining us today. I'm not flying solo today. I will be flying with uh, Zulian. You have me to assist you. And thank you. <laughs> and yeah, we'll get some. With, with rhetoric and, and hosting assistance. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So if you're just joining us, we're just waiting for people to, to come in. Uh, usually we just uh, allow just a few minutes for people to come in and join in. But uh, if you don't mind, we'd really appreciate it if you do share with your followers on the bottom right side of the screen, you will see the share button. We really do appreciate it if you do share. Um, yeah, and it's uh, it's Women's Women's Month officially, um, and um, yeah, so um, there's going to be a lot of discussions around women. But what we are trying to do is that we're not we don't want it to be um, we don't want the issues of 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 women to be something that's discussed only on a particular day. We've agreed that uh, issues like this should be issues that are spoken about on a continual basis, so that it's part and parcel of the things that we do and and, and 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 it's always in the back of our minds that we create an inclusive society be it related to women be it related to people with living with disabilities be it related to to, to people from marginalized groups of society we spoke about townships in uh, the, the previous weeks so uh yeah just to get started i just want to hear from you zillian because we couldn't hear your voice uh uh, in the past weeks, what what were your overall impressions, basically, with the with the with the previous discussions that we've had? Uh, maybe there's something that was percolating that you'd like to air out just before we start our discussion uh, this evening. Jimmy, I've learned so much. Okay, like um, I, I have to give it up um, to Jody, especially. Um, I actually listened back to um, the interview that we did for for YouTube, and um, as nervous as I was, you know, I. I, I kind of sat there and, and like you just said, you know, like happy Women's Day, mm-hmm. uh, not Women's Day, Women's Month mm-hmm. um, that's coming up. And, and the fact that, you know, these things are kind of spoken about, you know, there's a there's a certain amount of time that's used to speak about it. And then we kind of just, you know, move on. We go, ah, OK, well, we're done talking about this. We're done talking about um, the township economy, <laughs> uh, you know, all of those things. And we, we're just going to move on. I think it's important we just keep the conversation going. Absolutely. And um and that it's not just, you know, a vanity project that, you know, we slap some paint on it or we just throw some glitter around and, and say, hey, this is great, and then just move on. So mm-hmm. um, I, I'm just excited to see, you know, how everything keeps going and just continue learning, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. So the people who have joined us today, this, uh, this Sunday, we are doing a little bit of an open session. Uh, what we want to do is to sort of like uh, discuss um, the things that we basically sort of like uh, summarize what we've been discussing, particularly in the previous weeks. Uh, last week, we spoke a lot about the development in townships, uh, but uh, we didn't quite uh, get to uh, get a lot of people's voices, the people's voices. Uh, and we saw that a lot of the, a lot of the people who listen actually have a lot of ideas that, 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 that they can contribute. So what we decided to do today is to have a bit of a chilled session where we also have a bit of an open session where we allow people to come in and discuss uh, ideas. Also later, later today, we're also going to introduce some of our new members uh, who have just joined us so so that you can hear some of their voices and some of their ideas on on, on particularly on on, on the topic of Women's Month, but also on the other issues that we've also been discussing. So 
I think we can start. Um, we will start. Uh, we can start. Yes, Lydia? If, if you've just joined us, because I've actually just seen like a lot of people are popping in, like as Khan kept talking. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, if, if, uh, if you've just joined us, we are the Alliance of Social Democrats and um, happy Women's Month. It has just started. And really, this is a chill session. The reason why we're holding this on spaces and not um, and not on a live stream or anything like that with commentary is so that we can hear your beautiful voices and that you can be part of the conversation because we're all just trying to learn here. That's really important to us. Um, so please feel free to, you know, throughout the hour, if you want to join in, just request um, to become a speaker so that you can give us your ideas and bounce ideas off of us, because I think that's the best way for us to generate new ideas and keep conversations moving forward. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, just to, to start off, uh, I'm just going to throw the question at you, Zillian, if you don't mind. And then I'm also going to throw yeah. it out to, to the people who are listening um, to, to hear their ideas. Particularly the way we've started, we've started as, as, as the Alliance of Social Democrats, as people know, we perpetuate or rather we promote ideas of social democracy. And what, what, I, what I'd like to know from you, in your opinion, uh, uh, Zulian, it's not uh, from a policy perspective, but rather from, from your opinion, um, how, do you, how do you think social democracy can tie in with, with women development, uh, even if it's just like an, an over, over, overview or broad uh, statement of how social democracy can add a, a productive value to, 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 to the notion of women empowerment. Or, or even if you, you start by telling us what, what women empowerment means to you and how social democracy can actually play a role in, in, in that um, whole idea. So, um, uh, Jimmy, I mean, that's like, I feel like when we, when we ask each other questions, like um, <laughs> everyone, everyone would go, yo, that's, that's a heavy question to ask. And I think that the best way to start is, is to look at, um, you know, social democracy very simply, um, takes, takes social issues into mind. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, obviously we can go broader into, into, you know, the, the jargon of, of that politically, but, you know, in, in terms of women empowerment, um, living in South Africa and knowing what the what the experience is and having an empathetic um, perspective when when addressing the issues that women uniquely would face mm -hmm. in South Africa is important and I think that that's just something to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. It really is that simple mm -hmm. um, to me because you know, like like feminism and and equality, gender equality, and and such things they can sometimes become very extreme very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that it's important to um, just take a step back sometimes and just think, okay, you know, if, if there is something like a gender pay gap or if there is something like opportunities that are um, out of reach um, because of gender constructs mm -hmm. and, and being a woman, mm -hmm. like that's just something that should be kept in mm -hmm. mind. And it doesn't matter whether or not you are a CEO of a big corporate or whether or not you're a small business owner or you are teaching you know, children in a, in a creche, I think everyone can just keep that in mind in order to um, figure out a small way forward to create, you know, women empowerment in those spaces. Mm -hmm. That's um, that's the first place that I would start. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So because when we talk about social democracy, what we, we talk about, um, like we always stress the three principles of social democracy. Uh, the first one being uh, freedom, 
the second one being equality, and the third one being solidarity. So the idea of equality um, and, 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 and talking about equality, you know, you get a lot of people who sometimes misunderstand the whole idea of, of equality. Uh, some people arguing that um, there's no way possible that you can actually have a situation where people are equal. Uh, particularly between between men and women, and particularly between the different uh, challenges that men and women face. But then, what I do always say is that um, you, you, people shouldn't look at it on an outcome perspective, but rather look at it on an access uh, uh, perspective. So when we talk about an access perspective, we talk about um, the the. It, it should be uh, equally, um, how can I put it? It should be equally likely that a woman in South Africa has access to certain things as it is for a man, you know? And, and when, you, when you talk about uh, gender gaps, you know, uh, how likely is it for, for, for an average woman to have access to certain things? compared to the average man. And I'm sure uh, your statisticians, uh, such as Chris, would, would agree with that, that it's, it's, it's a lot, it has to do a lot about likelihood. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree with that? I, I would. I think, you know, like um, when it comes to, uh, for example, equal, equal opportunity, that's a, it's a very sticky wicket because um, in my experience, I work in a, well, predominantly, it was early on in my in my career when I was much younger. I, I worked in a in a female dominated field, and um, within the same industry, I I kind of switched into a direction where it became male dominated very quickly, and um, it was a very stark change for me. Mm -hmm. um, so, looking at, for example, equal opportunities, um, I, I cannot express how important it is that just being aware of the biases and the differences that exist. Um, you know, mm -hmm. as experiencing, you know, trying to build a career or, or trying to start a business as a woman, mm -hmm. um, just having that in the back of your mind can can do a lot. You know, it, it's it's um, it's not a case of, you know, special treatment or anything like that. But just, you know, knowing that, oh, this is a, a male dominated field, for example, that, you know, having colleagues who were aware of that and weren't shying away from that really did quite a lot, you know, in terms of making sure that I did, you know, have equal opportunities in some spaces, mm -hmm. although it still remains a challenge. Mm. It mm, does. Absolutely. And I mean, this is also just my experience. You know, I'm pretty sure that every woman out there would have a story, um, whether or not it be in a career, you know, field or or in other spaces mm -hmm. in which um, they would experience something similar or totally different. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Alliance of Social Democrats. Uh, today I'm not flying solo. I'm with uh, the wonderful Zulian, uh, as you, as you, some of you have met. Um, <laughs> <laughs> later, later during the session, we will also be introducing some of our new members. Uh, we are very excited to be growing uh, the Alliance of Social Democrats. Also, shout out to Aitian, who's uh, volunteered to record all of these sessions. If you are just joining us, please do. Do share so that we invite uh, your friends uh, to the spaces session. We are talking about women empowerment, and today we would like to hear uh, your voices, your ideas on the idea of of women empowerment. Maybe you think that women empowerment is not necessary. You know, perhaps you think that, like uh, BEE, 
women empowerment policies won't actually yield the results that 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 that, that, that um, uh, we think they would, or perhaps you think that there are other ways of 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 empowering women. So so what are those ways? What are the different ways that that, that should be uh, looked at? You know, when I, when we talk about uh, women empowerment, as well, you know, I always think about um, I think it's Singapore. Uh, where where they have like a more free free uh, 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 like they don't necessarily have particular specific policies on women empowerment, but the ideas yeah. of, of of women empowerment and the policies of women empowerment is now becoming uh, the topic of the day because they're realizing now that even though uh, they might ignore the the actual policies, they might not put it in actual policies. There is actually a need to put it in actual policy because when you talk about uh, inequality, you have to think about the different factors that each uh, each type of gender faces, and whether we like it or not, yeah. based on those differences, the inequality will persist. It will happen in one way or the other, and we actually do need actual policies. And some people might argue mm. that hey, we don't necessarily need uh, actual policies. What we need to do rather is to um, somehow uh, make things, uh, uh, create more opportunities. Yes, that's the argument. So the argument is that yeah. create more opportunities and uh, people will somehow find their way to accessing them. What's your thought on that, uh, Zillian? I, I mean, policies are, you know, that, that, that is always going to be up for um, contention. You know, there will be people who will hotly debate um, whether or not policies, you know, as you said, you know, because people do hotly debate whether or not BEE is um, is um, effective. I'm pretty sure that there will be people who would look at that and look at policies for um, gender equality in the workplace, for example, and hotly debate the effectiveness of that as well. I think that it is multifaceted um, because you you can implement um, policies like that, and they do. They I feel that they are effective to some extent. But there's also the, the facet of um, just social empathy and awareness. Mm -hmm. And also um, th there is a, also a marriage between the two. I mean, you get lots of movements um, or initiatives, especially, for example, there's an, initi there's an initiative that happened um, recently um, where there was a local jewelry brand. I think it was um, in Cape Town. Uh -huh. uh, I can't remember what it's called now. If, if, if it's... Um, if it, if it pops up, I'll, I'll let you know. But they they created an initiative in order to um, raise funds for rape um, rape crisis, um, the, for the rape crisis Cape Town. Mm -hmm. And you would see, you know, that there's, for example, I look at that story and I'd go, this is a local jewelry brand. It's obviously men and women working there, but it would be um, primarily a, a female field mm -hmm. um, if it's an SME. And the fact that there are, you know, social initiatives that are allowing for that is is a good thing, but it also propagates perhaps a, a, a perspective of, oh, it's it's women looking after themselves. Women, you are on your own. Mm -hmm. And I don't and and I don't like the fact that sometimes it can be read that way because mm -hmm. it is important mm -hmm. that um, initiatives like that exist on the ground. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it, it's definitely it's going to take more than just you know policies and and legislation and, and black and white and emails and documents and saying, oh. you know, this is how we're going to fix 
you know, equality, equality between genders is a problem. Yeah. Um, I think that it's a little bit more. So it's a, more like a more, um, grave like a society. It's more like a social problem. That uh, well, it's not just policy. From what I'm getting, is that it's also policy, but it's also a bit of a society problem. Like sort of like uh, it's something that uh, it would be fundamentally a social problem first and foremost. Oh. And that would then trickle down into the economy and how women are empowered financially and, um, you know, like how violence, for example, like, the, you know, violence against women, gender-based violence is a social issue, arguably a lot of the times, um, but it becomes a political issue and then it, you know, it trickles down. Mm. But it is fundamentally, it starts as a social issue. And that's why, you know, just having the awareness of, you know, taking a second to, to breathe and and think about what the perspective is of your female colleagues mm-hmm. already does a lot. Mm, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. That's something that I would encourage. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I just want to rope someone in here. I know I'm just uh, putting them on the spot. Uh, Chris, um, I just want to find out from you, like on, in terms of your, your views or your opinions, in terms of uh, from a guy-to-guy perspective, um, how... How can us, like, I don't want to say, I don't, I, I hate it when I ask this question, but I think that um, sometimes we just need to ask it as uh, in terms of, of our role as, 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 as men in society, um, what role can we play in terms of uh, ensuring that there's gender equality um, and, and also in, in, in the way we bring up young men and young boys um, from a guy-to-guy uh, type of perspective, what are your views and how, how, how can we actually play that, 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 that fundamental role in fixing the issues that we have on a social level? Yeah, sure. That's a, that's a difficult question. Um, and, uh, you know, once I'm, once I'm finished chatting, um, Jimmy, maybe you can just take anyone in the room through how exactly they can go about requesting uh, the chance to speak. I think it may not be Absolutely. obvious to everyone. Um, but I think, not to go on for too long, I think it starts by listening. Um, uh-huh. It starts by developing that skill, uh, which we're not always taught as men, just to shut up for a bit and to uh-huh. listen to what people are saying um, and to listen to what, you know, wherever you may be in the workplace or, or at home, just shut up and listen to what women are saying. Uh, and you will probably learn a lot about what the next steps are. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So listening is key, basically. That's 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 uh, that's the message that you're going through with that. Okay, thank uh, thank you guys for those who are joining us. Uh, you're listening to the Alliance of Social Democrats. Uh, today we are having a a a a, a, a discussion on on women empowerment on in the lens of social democracy. As you know, social democracy stands on three pillars. The first pillar is equality. The second, um, the first pillar is freedom, and then the second is equality, and the third is solidarity. And we are talking about what role does social democracy have uh, in terms of uh, fixing some of the social ills, particularly uh, that of of the inequality gaps and those particularly of uh, the inequality between uh, different genders. And if you have anything to add on that, or if you have a remark, please do request to speak. I'll just add you as a listener. Or if you have, or if I have added you as a listener already, and you want to add, uh, we don't mind if you jump in. I'm not flying solo today. Today I am with uh, Zulian, and uh, yeah. So basically, 
so so basically what i what i hear from 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 um from um from chris is that um we must listen i get that i get that and i fully agree with that and what what i do also promote also is that um we need to also take uh like action you know if you are a guy particularly when you are in a because i'm going to talk about quotas now uh zulian and i just want to also hear your your view on 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 quotas because um when you talk about uh, a quota system some people will argue that having a quota system somehow limits or somehow discourages people who may be better suited for the particular job or particular position yeah that you are advocating for so when when someone yeah. says that we need a representative uh, representation we need to have 50% women in the boardrooms other people will argue that yeah. doing that actually um limits the opportunity of having someone who might be a man and who might be actually better suited for the job so 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 in your opinion just just in your opinion what's your view on that and what would you say to i who says that jimmy it's it's very difficult it's very difficult because it is a little bit of a a lose lose situation in a lot of ways mm-hmm. um at least at least from what i've seen um i do know that you know quotas have done a lot um in in policies um you know for 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 women empowerment you know in in multiple places but there's always you know it it does come through to the facet where if you then if if you then p- receive a position um do you, and and everyone who is involved knows that there is a quota mm-hmm. it's it's lose lose because you could give that position to a man who is well qualified for a position mm-hmm. let's say in a company and um he could be well qualified and and worthy of that position mm-hmm. but he would be he would be criticized for potentially taking away a position from a woman mm-hmm. whereas if you can then give that same position to a woman um who also has a very similar cv but everyone involved knows that there's a quota mm-hmm. um she may she may then still be criticized because oh she got she got the position because there was a quota to fill mm-hmm. and we don't just see this in in gender equality policies in workplaces such as that we see that in in BEE as well mm. and that's that's still something that needs to be addressed and i actually don't really know how to how to tackle that socially mm, because mm. this happens these don't happen in in zoom calls and in boardrooms these happen in hallways and in whatsapp groups and in late night angry phone calls from colleagues mm, mm. um yeah you know so so i'm not i think it's just important to keep in mind that it is it is something that may help but it does come with its own side effects that aren't necessarily desirable mm, mm. i don't know what you what you think about this but but in my in my own opinion i think that uh, quota systems work in certain areas but not so much in certain areas the same way i i i i have an opinion about bee i think that uh, when it comes to merely placing uh, like let's say black people in 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 director positions or just placing women merely placing women in director positions i think you are 
in my opinion, I think a disservice is being done. You know, uh, I think I think I think what needs to be done though is to 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 develop uh, black people and also women to a position where they are the ones who are owners of these companies. You know, in a position where they are the ones who are the leaders of these industries, so that they're not the ones who are being placed in the position, but rather they are the ones who have the positions to offer to other people. You see what I mean? So, 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 so in my, in my opinion, I don't, I don't, I don't recommend uh, a quota system. I don't know if I, someone uh, in the room might disagree with me or might have a different uh, opinion. If you have a different opinion, please do jump in. But um, what I'm saying is that um, it, it, it's different. It's different. So, so when you talk about companies, uh, there's a particular system that you apply. But when you talk about government, and when you talk about rather a leadership position, certain leadership positions, like ministerial positions, uh, I think a quota system in that regard should be considered. I don't know. I don't know what 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 you think. I don't know, uh, Gary, if you. Because you're in politics, particularly Gary. I don't know if you have a <laughs> if you have an opinion on 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 the on quota system and 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 how best to apply it and when, or, or if you disagree with me or agree with me. Jimmy, how's it? Thanks and thanks to you, Zulian, for for some great input there. Um, probably from my HR perspective is more more relevant. Um, and just to say that I think. We quickly talk about quotas, but in South Africa, we don't actually have a quota system. We have uh, a thing called employment equity, uh, mm-hmm. which is legislation that sets targets. So it's, a, it's voluntary targets, basically, that a company or an institution then sets and says, okay, let's have a look at the demographics, and we then uh, set targets. But you don't only set targets. You set up committees within those those companies that are meant to look at how you rework the the workspace uh, and bring women um, and bring um, uh, black people and bring disabled people in, into greater representation in that workspace so I mean uh-huh. I think I think that the the difficulty often in the debate is that we focus just on a, the state intervention in the sense of the setting of targets but it is a raft of measures that have to be implemented across the board. And there's nothing uh-huh. stopping a company or a church or something like that sitting down and going, okay, well, do we actually uh, do we actually represent um, uh, the people that we service? Um, I, I think there's I can't remember the name, but there's this great uh, documentary on Netflix about uh-huh. how uh, bias is built into even computer models, because because uh-huh. what happens yeah. is that the designers themselves don't understand that they're designing for themselves. And if themselves is the majority white men, then they're gonna they're gonna without knowing it they're gonna design. And I think that really what mm-hmm. the social democratic process tries to do is says okay, there's something that we want to aim for, uh, and that's that we have to make that clear. So what is it that we're aiming for? Fifty percent uh, representation. I'm not sure that that's really what we're aiming for. I think. What we're aiming for is that if you have aspirations, uh, that you are given opportunity to fulfill those aspirations, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and and you build that into the system. So you so you take a systemic approach rather than just this narrow focus of quotas. Uh, and then I think and then I think that you're on a road to somewhere. 
and if we look at the employment equity data, and I'll finish on that, it, it, there's been a significant shift uh, since it was implemented to where it is at the moment, you know, and that's that's really the social democratic ways in terms of reform rather than revolt. Um, you know, and that that we do see that there is a role for state intervention in a lot of uh, a lot of w- w- the things that we're trying to address in society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, thank thank you for that, uh, Gary. Uh, you are listening to the Alliance of Social Democrats. This is our weekly spaces session. Today we're having a bit of a chill session where we're discussing uh, topics um, related to uh, women empowerment seeing that we are heading towards uh, uh, Women's Month, or we are already in Women's Month, but we're also uh, reflecting on some of the discussions we've had in the past, particularly regarding uh, township economies and particularly regarding uh, development. We've spoken a bit about uh, the importance of, 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 of women uh, development. We've also spoken talk, a little bit about uh, the quota system, which was a, a contextualized in South Africa's uh, setting as employment equity uh, so well by by Gary. If you would like to join the conversation, you may request to speak, and then uh, we will give you um, the, the platform for you to make your, your remark or to ask a question. So, so yeah. I, I, Please yeah. do feel free. Please do feel free, because this is a safe space, I promise. <laughs> do you mind Absolutely. if, sorry, do you mind if I weigh in on the quota? Uh, jump in, jump in, jump in, Robin. So I think I've always felt very ambivalent about the concept of a gender quota. And that's that's because predominantly, you know, if you look around at our society, we've got 50% of the population is made up of women. And so for mm-hmm. your public institutions to reflect that, it almost makes sense. But I think where we've got to kind of put our focus is not just on a descriptive representation where it's just numbers, but actually it's about a substantive representation. So if there are women in positions of power, are they doing things and making decisions that advocate on behalf of women's rights and, and on mm-hmm. behalf of not only their constituents, but the, the, the constituents that they, they represent that are female? And, and I think we've seen particularly in the context of the pandemic, that while the government currently parliament is 45% women, so one could look at that and go, okay, that's representative. That's very, very representative in terms of our population makeup. But Mm -hmm. for example, the COVID-19 social relief of distress grant, um, only 34% of the people who took that up were women. And that was because there was a caveat in the grant that said, if you are a recipient of another child social grant, you may not take advantage oh. of this distress grant. So it's aspects like that where in, in in kind of appearance, it looks as if what is being done is in the best interests of the people. And that's definitely what I think social democracy is about. And that's where its focus lies. Mm. But mm-hmm. there's those tiny caveats, which for me then speak to, okay, so we've got a descriptive 45% women in parliament, but what's being put into place by those people is not necessarily impacting the lives of other women positively. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what I um, I mentioned earlier. It is multifaceted. We cannot rely on, you know, policies alone or quotas or targets such as that alone um, to to help with that. I mean, Robert, that's a, that's a really good point. Um, you know, looking at, you know, the equality of gender within within our government, but you, you, we don't see the results reflecting that same equality. Um, so, you know, may, maybe it is a balance. It is striking a balance of 
um, equality of opportunity, but also the equality of of results from those kinds of initiatives that get taken on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, Robin, I agree with you 100% on that. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I, 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 I get what you're saying. That it's more of a also the the action. It also ties in quite nicely to what uh, Gary said. Is that it's 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 a system. Uh, uh, it's a systematic uh, approach. You know, a systemic approach rather. Mm. Um, it's not just about uh, putting numbers there, but it, and it's not just about having a policy that's out there, but it's also looking deep down into the actual. Um, um, how can I put it? The actual um, side effects of the, of of the policies that you might have, and 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 that in its whole that, that in a whole does in one way or the other uh, influence uh, the outcomes, which is what we see right now, which is uh, gender inequality and the gender gaps between uh, different um, yeah between between different uh, genders. So yeah, exactly. I think it's really important to to note, you know, these are things that because we are we are trying to solve issues or we are brainstorming solutions in, in order to solve issues, like sometimes you can have tunnel vision mm. and and you know and that tunnel vision is is goes very far, you know, like we, we think about quotas or I really like the way that Gary actually mentioned that, you know, do we represent um or do we as a as a body represent the people that we are that we are servicing or the people that we are mm-hmm. um we are working for that we are providing um products to or educating um you know the list goes on it's it, it it's not just you know from career format but even you know what we're doing here at ASD mm-hmm. i mean that was something that we were um quite you know we were quite self aware of we need to we need to represent and make sure that we reflect mm-hmm. Um, people, the people that we are trying to touch, which are South Africans, the people we are trying to, um, you know, influence and encourage to be part of these kinds of conversations. Mm-hmm. And that tunnel vision becomes strong because we don't think about the the um, the kind of reputation that it, you know, leads forward, you know, into into other facets of life. For example, you mentioned, you know, the the connection between um, what quotas and policies do for. Um, BEE mm-hmm. um, versus, you know, gender equity, mm-hmm. and you know, and while more, you know, representation, you know, within within workplaces, that you know could lead on to, you know, putting immense pressure on certain individuals. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't want to, you know, I really hope, you know, if there if there are listeners who want to, you know, join in on the conversation, please do. But for example, you know, if we say that uh, a white man is going to have um, you know, more more opportunities or more likely to have specific opportunities in a business in comparison to a black woman, mm-hmm. that would be that would be fine to say, okay, well let's let's put let's put more women in general and black women into leadership spaces. But that could, you know, also, you know, put more in, immense pressure onto this perception that exists currently, and I don't necessarily want to speak for black women, so please do forgive me, mm. but this perception of, you know, black women needing to be strong, needing to be um, tough all the time in in spaces such as boardrooms. And it, it really does have, you know, roll-on effects outside of just building a career. Mm-hmm. So... It, it's it's mul- it's multifaceted. We can't just say you know oh there's there's one way to solve this problem and then have that tunnel vision just keep going because you know it's it the side effects don't happen 
in career spaces. It happens everywhere else. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. I agree with you. Okay, you're listening to Alliance of Social Democrats. Uh, this is our weekly uh, spaces session. Today we're having a little bit of a relaxed session where we, it's almost like an open, open, open line uh, where we uh, welcome uh, different views from different people. We are talking about, uh, basically, we are incorporating what we have been discussing in the previous weeks, particularly on development and also tying it in to uh, the the woman empowerment and uh, trying to find the link between uh, social democracy and uh, women empowerment, trying to link the two. Also, what we will be doing uh, later today, uh, if I can just spot some of the of, of, of our listeners here, we will um, be introducing our new members of the Alliance of Social Democrats. We are growing. Uh, we are growing uh, one step at a time, basically, and we are introducing new faces. You will be seeing a lot of them uh, in the coming days and uh we hope that you will uh, welcome them and we will have uh, further interactions with with this regard so um i'm just Jenny, you know, actually i have a question yes yes i have a question just from 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 your side because we are talking about um you know women empowerment and it is the beginning of women's month uh-huh. um you know and we want to keep this conversation going but just for sake of interest from your perspective um do you do you you know in your in your day-to-day work and i I know that you are busy with um postgraduate work and stuff like Mm -hmm. that do you do you perceive or see um barriers to entry for women in in the spaces that you that you are in um and i I don't know like what what do you what do you see from from your perspective Mm. Um, with regards to to gender equality in the spaces that you work. Okay. Um, okay. The, the best way I'd answer this is to reflect back to when I was still working in construction. Uh, as you know, construction is, is a bit uh, male dominated. Um, but what I did see there is that I, I, you know, business, be it construction, be it any business, is all about uh, having social networks. It's all about networking. It's all about uh, staying late uh, and drinking beer with the guys uh, where you talk about, even if you are an employee, uh, being able to stay late and and drink beers with the guys and and talk about work and talk about plans does have an effect on your career projection. Uh, I noticed myself that um, while I was working as a junior site engineer, when I started uh, staying late a bit and, 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 and having those beers with the managers, uh, it, it, it changed their perception of who I was. And it also helped me get a promotion at the end of the year. You see what I mean? So a lot of the times, yeah. your, the way you are perceived does have an influence and an, 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 an impact on, 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 on the way you are received and your career projection. So that's something that we need to be aware of. And we need to also understand that uh, women don't necessarily have the same luxury of being able to stay late, you know, because most of the time, based on traditional gender uh, roles, uh, they would probably have to go home a little bit earlier. 
and and look after kids or probably get the kids ready you know because of different situations people have different situations so because of those environments honestly and, i think that yeah just just to add to that i i don't necessarily think it just has to do with traditional gender roles i mean um uh, you know to be to be you know fully fully transparent i'm 25 i'm young i'm childless mm-hmm. um <laughs> so i don't necessarily have children to go home to mm-hmm. or a family to feed mm-hmm. um but you know like I, i i do relate to what you're saying about you know the importance of that social aspect mm-hmm. that you know if you stay if you stay home i don't necessarily think it's just your i i don't think it's just the field of construction that sees that i think that there's quite a few spaces where that kind mm-hmm. of um mingling and connecting mm-hmm. and networking is important and it's still valued yeah. um and that might have changed a little bit you know with with the with regards to the pandemic um and it might change you know depending on what field you're in but you know that that was that was quite commonplace that people would stay late or go out for drinks mm-hmm. and the reason why I couldn't necessarily participate in that was because well I didn't feel safe to you know i would be working mm-hmm. you know i would be staying in pretoria because i'm studying there and i'll be working in johannesburg south mm-hmm. you know me as a woman by myself 10:00 at night going from the one space to the other and i have the privilege of having my own car and my own transport mm-hmm. i still thought that that was a risk you know so that's not necessarily something that lots of women would you know feel comfortable doing unless they had some form of you know mm-hmm. protection which you know isn't necessarily easy accessible especially you know considering you know the the state of of women's safety in South Africa today mm. yeah no so yeah. no i i get that i i i fully agree with that but but also the point that i was trying to make is that uh diff- in different industries um it's it's harder for women to have to create that social um uh, uh um how can i put it social foundation you see what i mean mm-hmm. based on the type of industry if it's if it's a male dominated industry it, it 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 it's relatively harder for women to create that social interaction with other men basically because because that's how you create what what i was trying to say is that that's how you create the connections and if you are unable to interact with them then chances of you being recognized in one way or the other are low i know this is this may sound like a superficial type of example but it actually does play a role in terms of um, the way in which women are viewed because um because 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 the bias also comes in those conversations so those conversations that only men have th- those biases that they have uh, towards women also come through those conversations and through those settings and 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 it's about and that's why and 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 that's why we need to to an extent a bit of 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 policy that that cushions that 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 social bias in one way or the other so that the women can find themselves uh being able to be being considered rather so that they are considered you know for for for, for any type of promotion or any type of work that might uh find itself uh presenting itself within the workplace. So so that's just my experience. Uh maybe other people might have different experiences, but from my experience I think that um that's one of the one of the um contributing factors not the contributing factors, but it it's it's actually particularly one of the contributing factors when it comes to um closing the gap, you know. And and also sorry, I know I'm just waffling along. Um 
particularly in construction, one thing that I also noticed was a lot of uh, harassment, uh, be it uh, sexual harassment that happened particularly on construction sites. So that also uh, played a role in construction because um, it, it, it can be discouraging to be a woman and have to work in an environment where uh, harassment is seen as a norm, you know, when you walk down the, and the workers are like uh, treating you differently simply because you are a woman. So a lot of factors, basically, it's, it's multi, multifaceted. I don't know if I. Yeah. I also think you know. I I I do I do want to stress. I don't think that all hope is lost. I I do know that you know, um, there 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 are there are a lot of good male colleagues that I've had in my lifetime who have been very understanding, um, and have been incredibly aware of um you know the the kind of the kind of perceptions that get experienced by women in in those kinds of workplaces, mm-hmm. um. You know, especially when you when you look at at fields that are you know hands on, whether or not you are working on a constructed on a construction site. I used to work in record studios and on sets um, where you know harassment. You know, it, it kind of was normalized in a, in a very odd way. Mm-hmm. And I do think that there are lots of male allies out there. Um, who are aware and understanding of this, mm-hmm. um, and I, I don't, I don't want to negate them. I do think that you know they are seen and they are important. Mm, absolutely, I see. Um, I see. I but, see. Patrick uh, wants to add his view on the on the issue. I don't know if Patrick, if you are able to unmute your mic and go ahead. Hi, Patrick. Hi, um, hi everyone. Um, so I just have a, a question that's a bit off the topic. Um, I just wanted to ask, uh, listen to everyone speaking, um, what your thoughts are on education in South Africa about empowerment specifically? Because I mean, um, whether you're talking about women empowerment, um, black empowerment, um, you know, these are issues that are, you know, very important and some of the biggest issues that I've been dealing with for the past 20 years or so. Um, I don't know of too many courses at different universities um, about this specific topic. So I just want to get your thoughts on if you feel the education system in South Africa is doing enough to tackle this issue. If you're aware of many um, courses that, you know, um, tackle this specific issue right now. So, yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Okay, thank thank you so much. Yeah. You want to you wanna add your views, Zillian, on that? I, I, I'll add my view first. Thank you. Actually, that's a very good um, question. And it is actually a very good... Um, <laughs> You, you see, you see, like for example, when you say courses at university, you know, empowerment will will come up. Um, you know, especially if you look at um, you know BEE or, or gender equality empowerment, they would come up in in certain courses at university. But it's not something that I I mm. ever experienced um, no, no. learning much about in high school which I thought that would, that would be a good place to start. So I do think that it's lacking. And, um, I mean, I do know that, you know, one of the things that, you know, come, come through with, uh, come through with, um, empowerment education are conversations like the ones that we're currently having. So I'll leave it to the floor. I think mm-hmm. that, um, there, there are other people who would be more than excited to also add to, um, answering your question. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I see I see Michelle, but I see she just disappeared also. She she had requested to talk. I'll see if she can request again. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, just to say, Patrick, uh, I, I think uh, education doesn't stress enough the these soft issues. Uh, I'm sure you you get these issues uh, discussed in length uh, when you go to the social sciences. Uh, but when you come to the hard courses like your engineering, uh, you don't get a lot of that. We had a course on 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 ethics, but um, the ethics course merely touched on uh, ethical behavior of, of, of engineers. It didn't touch on the social issues and didn't touch on issues of equality. So I guess that's something that universities need to uh, start thinking about and start in one way or the other implementing in their courses. I see also Jody would like to add um, um, her, her words. Uh, her Jody, can, can you hear me clearly? Sorry, let's give some time for the speakers to just uh, unmute. Yeah. Prof Kamala, have you joined us? I have, Julian. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good, sir. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Now, I just wanted to talk to the question that was asked by Patrick um, mm -hmm. in terms of the role and function of education in terms of responding to the question of gender empowerment. It's a multifaceted question, of course, and the conversation as we're having it tonight is quite a multifaceted conversation because from a historical perspective, for instance, if you think about the work of Ifi Amadiume, she traces how on the African continent the question of gender gets transformed systematically as a result of historical encounters on the continent. Then you move to Oyeronke Oyaumi's work in sociology and she talks to the cultural shift that we see on the continent. And I think that in terms of a response to some of the policy interventions that we would want to make, you know, one would have to consider both the historical and cultural components and then think through quite systematically, for instance, what the work of uh, Amina Mama has suggested in terms of policy interventions as well as um, political interventions, right? And then from that particular perspective, we then take it to the grassroots level and we've seen incredible stuff that's happened all across the African continent. As an example, I think of the work of Wangari Matai as well as an example who who thinks through feminist what is it, an environmentalist feminist approach, whereby she not only necessarily intervened on certain struggles that women were facing in her country, but begins to sort of marshal action through environmental action and environmental education, right? And mm -hmm. the number of courses that we have been teaching from Rhodes University to the University of Pretoria to UCT, uh, that have attempted to really stitch through, and I speak necessarily as one who works in the area of African feminism as a queer theorist, um, mm -hmm. and, and there's a lot of stuff that's happened in terms of attempting to shift the narrative, but what we tend to see in the traditional disciplinary domains, what we tend to see in the likes of sociology, political sciences, or political studies, for example, is that we tend to offer these courses in very short windows, as it were. So once a quarter for maybe three weeks or a month at most. And yet there's been a lot of scholarship that's been developed that suggests how systematic intervention programs can be sort of mounted using the scholarship of African feminists, not only who are writing today, but also historically. And then of course, contemporarily, you know, you've got the work of the likes of Pumla Gola and Spogazi Magadla, 
both of whom are based in the Eastern Cape, one at Nelson Mandela and the other one at Rhodes University, who have also systematically applied themselves to these kinds of questions in terms of the historical cultural component that then feeds into policy and how we then translate policy into the ground or grassroots uh, programs of action that can be led by women. And of course, it's, it's, it's very interesting how, how that itself plays itself out because of the historicities of feminism and the iterations of feminism with some conflations happening between you know, the first and second waves of feminism and Africa really kind of plugging into the conversation with third wave feminism with a lot of African feminists making substantive action in terms of grassroots level and their scholarship as well. So, so there is the work, Patrick, just to answer the question, there is the work that's happening, but it tends to be fairly marginalized, and I guess that's what a lot of feminists have been pushing for as well, is to say, mm -hmm. let's open the spaces, let's bring in the scholarship, and let's center women's voices in these conversations. So, so I hope that answers the question, Patrick. Mm -hmm. Yes, it does. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Siseko um, Kumalo, uh, for that uh, wonderful explanation. I see also Michelle. Uh, Michelle, I have given you the mic. Uh, if you are able to, you can just go ahead. Uh, thank you very much, Jimmy. Uh, sorry, I had a problem connecting earlier. Um, yeah. I didn't even know this was happening, and I, I saw it and joined in. So well thank done you to you, joining. guys. Thank you for thank joining. You. Yeah, well done for setting up such a space. Um, I think in terms of the topic um words do matter and mm. when when you're putting in things like empowerment of women um mm -hmm. sort of like the dawn of democracy so mm -hmm. it immediately you know triggers that oh not again women's month you know mm -hmm. sort of story um mm -hmm. which everyone is tired of women included um mm -hmm. because there's not uh, active um an active legacy that they can see emanating mm -hmm. from the events. So, um, you know, I just think, you know, if you could rather use sort of um, a gendered perspective or, you know, gendered action. Um, mm -hmm. And then um, my second point is, um, I think it's very broad um, because the approach, especially if you're looking at um, policy, if your, your aim is to develop policy, um, it needs to be um, for a specific audience. The, the systems in government, big corporate, small businesses are very different. Um, you know, the industries, yeah. even within corporate, you know, um, the, the pharmaceutical industry, for example, which has a considerably high number of um, female laboratory workers and scientists, um, you know, um, but not at the top management level, but mm -hmm. still very technical skills um, compared to the construction industry that you mentioned, uh, mm -hmm. needs to have a different approach. So that's the other thing that I think one needs to bear in mind. Mm -hmm. And then the, the other thing um, with... Um, networking and um, stakeholder management and all of that. Um, at the end of the day, uh, like a degree, uh, a policy is a piece of paper. Oh. So you need to make it a, into a living document. 
And the only way to do so in any organization is to mainstream it. And to do so, you need to go back. One of the speakers was talking about at school and never having it at school. Now that has now passed. So you need to now make up for that uh, educational gap. Um, And the way to do that is to know your audience and to appeal almost emotively to them Uh um, and and in ways that they would find engaging um, within the organization. So some people, for example, respond very well to brown paper um, bag uh, lunch sessions, you know, other people to, to talks or something more interactive where the bulb goes, aha. Um, And then my last point is really that um, policy generally fails when it is not tied into horizontal governance. So you need beyond yourselves to, to be working with other institutions and individuals um, like academics in this field, um, mm-hmm. although it's very much silo work, but it only works if it's horizontal because then you take the policy to the implementation. Thank you. Um, absolutely. Thank you so much, uh, Michelle. Um, I don't know, Zillian, if you... Fantastic points, thank you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Zillian, I don't know if you can spot, I'd like for us before, um, I'd like for us to introduce uh, our new members, uh, just so that they introduce themselves and say hi, uh, because they will be... Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I see uh, Hassant. Uh, I see Hassant, yes. I also see Prof. Kumalo. Yes, that's a yes. Um, I can't see who Zanel. I don't know if it's me or my side or, oh, or Manisha. Okay, but for, for today, I think maybe let's have Hassant and Siseko just to introduce themselves. Uh, Hassant, I'm just going to give you over the mic. If you don't mind, just to say hi and to just uh, introduce yourself to, to, to the people in the group, just so that they are, they are aware um of, of of who you are and so that they don't they're not surprised when they see your face or your voice or hear your voice uh, next time uh, Hassant. I'm just going to okay I think I think I'm having a little bit of a problem but in the meantime uh if you don't mind uh, Siseko, uh I know that they've heard your voice but if you could just um just give like a small introduction just so that uh, people are aware of who you are and um, so that they are not surprised when they see you again um, on, on, on the platform. Thanks, Jimmy. Um, good evening, everybody. My name is Sisebo Kumalo. Um, I am an academic, uh, presently based at the University of Pretoria. Um, I think through higher education governance, feminism and queer theory, um, as well as substantive democracy and participative democracy practices. Uh, My research has centered recently quite a lot on decolonization and epistemic justice. Um, And I have joined the group to basically contribute 
to the phenomenal work that ASD has been developing. And I think that I would like to make a contribution in some way um, by adding my views and thoughts. Thanks, Jimmy. Over to you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Siseko. We're very happy and proud to have you, Prof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm actually also very, very happy with the um, the cohort of people that we uh, have managed to attract. It, it's, it's, it's encouraging. It actually shows that um, um, people are actually um, recognizing the, the value of social democracy, particularly for South Africa. I don't know if there are any other parting shots. I am trying to give uh, Hassan access, but uh, my side it seems to be failing every time I, I try to give to give him access. So we shall try again, perhaps next week. Uh, any parting shots on your side? Uh, anyone on the floor would like to make any parting shots uh, before we end the session? Gary, Jimmy, if I if I may. Um, uh, I think that maybe maybe one of the things that we need to focus on is the fundamental way in how we see things. And, okay. and I want to make a proposition, is that uh, men have created the world in their image for a few thousand years, and I think that we've screwed it up. Um, and we need to ask ourselves, and I think that that's the place to start, is, is, is why, why, is that, why has that happened? Um, you know, if we if we look at Arden and Merkel and people like that, if you know, maybe we need a quota system, but an eighty twenty quota system where we have eighty percent women running the place and twenty percent in, twenty uh, percent uh, men. Um, you know, because I th because I think you know, so the, I, I'm, I was fascinated by the men are trash campaign. You know, and how people how men became so defensive in it instead of being reflective about it, mm -hmm. uh, and I think that that's really. Uh, you know, we, we can do all these tactical and strategic things and the nice things and that kind of stuff, but there's a fundamental question that we have to get back to, is that we've built this place, we as men have built this place, and it's not working, you know, and so I think we need to, we need to go back and society needs to say, okay, well, then how do we, how do, we do this differently? Um, yeah, and maybe it starts with men giving up their seat. That mm -hmm. might be the place that we start this thing. Absolutely, absolutely. Any any parting shots, uh, Zulia? Thank you for that, Gary. Yes, to be thank you. Actually, I would like to um uh, I'd like to commend um both the Prof and Michelle for for their feedback because what they they did mention something. Both of them mentioned something very important in two different ways, and that is that um you know when we talk about empowerment of women, um as as Michelle said and rightfully so, it does come across as a vanity project. And although we did start this hour saying that it is important that we continue these conversations, you know, beyond the scopes of just August being Women's Month, mm. or we have seen the same with um, Pride Month, which came and gone. And, and, you know, everyone, you know, when the rainbow flags got taken down, you know, just the conversation also takes a pause mm. in a very unnecessary way. It's important that we that we think about um, gender as, as something that's not just focused on the empowerment of women, but also takes into consideration, um, you know, all people who are not necessarily transcribing to the role that is given to a man in today's world. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that is a very important thing. Also, you know, in, in terms of, of policy and creating a living document that can actually be um, effective 
in, in bringing in the kind of empowerment and equality that we need. It is important, uh, you know, not to, um, to paraphrase um, the work of Pumla Kola, um, you know, in her new book, mm-hmm. uh, The Female Fear Factory. Mm-hmm. She, she does mention that, you know, there, there is, a, there is a, a fundamental difference between um, justice and fairness. You know, and that's something that's very important to, to keep in mind mm-hmm. when we create, you know, policy or try and find linear black and white solutions mm-hmm. um, to creating, um, you know, opportunities and equal, equal opportunities and outcomes for, for both genders and beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to leave it there. Thank you so much for, for allowing me to, to join you tonight. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Zillian. I have to respect uh, people's time. Uh, usually uh, these sessions last for, for an hour and we've just gone past that hour. So I'd like to thank everyone who managed to join us today. Shout out also to Etienne who has been recording and I uh, really appreciate uh, your time and also rep- really appreciate your help. To everyone who's been listening, thank you guys for joining. Uh, we will see you again in the next session. We are the Alliance of Social Democrats. Good evening.